Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I created a space where we can celebrate the unsung and the undervalued. A place where we focus on the many talents and influences from women within the culture in hopes to inspire women everywhere to overcome adversity in a male-dominated world. Welcome to Woman in Hip Hop. What's up, everybody? It's your girl, Jazzy Bell, and welcome to Woman in Hip Hop Podcast. And I'm so happy to be sitting here next to a legend, the one-third of the famous group, one of my favorite groups ever, the Fugees. We got Proz in the building, you guys. What's up, Proz? What up, baby? How you doing? I'm good. You giving me the whole... Um, after dark, quiet storm voice. I like that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for that. Word. All good. All good. All good. All right. So You're bubbly. I'm bubbly. Yeah, yeah I'm very bubbly. It's That's just cool. part of my. You know, you remind me of little. I don't. I don't know, but I, let's let's do it. <laughs> it's always interesting. Who have anyone have anyone ever said you look like Brandy? Brandy, the singer. Yeah. When I was younger, maybe okay. I've gotten that. Okay. I take that as a compliment. Shout out to um, Brandy. Shout out to Brandy. <laughs> she's a um, room favorite. Oh, she <laughs> up is? In here. Well, yeah, we love Brandy. Okay. I mean, she's a legend like yourself. That's what yeah. I mean. Like I we grew up listening. I to love. Her. I love her um, on Stars. That mm. gangster. I, I man, some about that gangster. So I never. I always looked at Brandy like because I, 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 I kind of like came around the same time as Brandy. Mm-hmm. So she always felt like a little sister to me. Absolutely. Even though she's not a little sister, but man, <laughs> seeing her in stars, that gangster gun popping, yo, it just felt, damn, she's so sexy, man. She just, oh, shit. <laughs> you know I mean? gotta catch that. Yeah, yeah. Sh- shout out to Brandy and Stars. Shout out to Brandy, yeah. I will be tuning in to the sexiness. <laughs> <laughs> but back to you, though. Yeah. Now, on this show, what I like to usually do is um, for people to get a backstory of my guests, mm-hmm. for them to know exactly where they've been so we can kind of lead up to where you are today and the right. man you are today that's right. standing in front of us. So this is a woman show? It's Women. a well-rounded show, okay. but it is called Women in Hip Hop because okay. we do focus on the many talents and influences from women within the culture. I However, like I've had like men that. on the show like, I like yourself. I, like I love jo- women. I know you do. And I love to have men on the show to kind of help shed light on the women's influence within the culture and just within your life, period. Because yeah. I feel like none of us would be here without a woman, right? Yeah. Boom. Okay. So let's get back to you, Pras. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, talk to me about your upbringing, just being born in Brooklyn, the whole being raised in, in Jersey. Well, without boring you, um, I grew up in a very strict Caribbean household, Haitian household. And when I say strict, I mean strict. I mean, like, <laughs> my mom used to bust in my room and, like, I don't like what you're thinking right now. It used to scare me because I'm like, yo, how she knew what I was thinking at this moment, you know? <laughs> right. It was like Haitian parents, especially if they're religious, mm-hmm. they put the fear of God in you. They believe they put you on this earth, they can take you off this earth. Ooh. 
So I grew up with that. Then, you know, I was heavily influenced by hip-hop because it was kind of like the beginning of hip-hop, and it was this rebellious thing. It was just so incredible to me, and I had to sneak to to listen to it. So growing up in the era I grew up, um, I had some great memories just because it made me fall in love with hip-hop. It made mm-hmm. me fall in love with being in a culture. It also made me, it gave me a purpose because I grew up in an era where being Haitian wasn't cool. Right. Right. So, yeah. but I was born in, in in New York, so I didn't get the slack that the other Haitians were getting. Plus, I was pretty popular in school, you know, um, mm. from talent shows and whatnot. So, but I always said, you know, if I ever make it, you know, I'm going to represent, you know, Haiti, the yeah. Caribbean, you know, because we're just proud people, you know? Yeah. I mean, I wanted to ask you about that, too, because I know I've heard about it just from my Haitian friends that growing up, Haitian was difficult back in the day. But fast forward to, to today, it's totally different, right? Oh, you guys are, like, running, like, ruling the world. Can you talk about the difference between how it was growing up Haitian then to how it is now for you? Well, I mean, I, like I said, growing up, you know, we had all the back st- stigma that came along. You know, they were, like, AIDS folks. I remember the first time. Really? I didn't yeah, get yeah, that. Maybe because I'm in Detroit, so I'm, I didn't hear that yeah, bullshit. Yeah. They were like, well, yeah, because this was a New York, Miami, Absolutely. Boston, mm. D.C. thing, right? So mm-hmm. apparently AIDS came from from a woman in Haiti, which was false. They came back and, you know, double back on that. But the point is, anything that was negative at that time was associated with being Haitian. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then as I was growing up, you know, but I never had that, 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 um, um, uh, thing about shying away being Haitian. I never felt that. Mm. Like I used to, I used, I remember when I was a teenager, I, w- I would run into certain Haitians and they had this thing where they'd be like, yeah, I'm from Paris, I'm from Montreal, you know. <laughs> You're from Haiti, man, stop fronting, you know what I'm saying? That's what the people don't know, those, I hate, those, and, those and, places and, 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 and those same Haitians today <laughs> Yo, Quade Bouquet, Porto Prince, Sapase, ah. like I'm not even wanna like, represent. Man, these is fraud, man. But yeah, so I always wanted to represent Haiti. Then obviously I got deep into the culture and just studying. I I, I was a, I was heavy into history growing mm-hmm. up in school. And I learned the history, the Haitian history, the first black republic to win its independence. Right. The, the you know, we liberated some of America, that's where Louisiana got that whole Creole vibe from. We liberated mm-hmm. South America, Greece, you know. You start learning these things, you're like, wow, this is a very rich culture. Now, yeah. granted, you know, the country have its issues with the leaders and everything, but, so, you know, I was like, when I started the Fugees, um, it was first me, Lauren Hill, and this girl named Marcy, then, you know, White Clef, um, I grew up with Clef, we're in a church, well, we grew up in a church together, we didn't go mm-hmm. to the same church. When he joined the group a year and a half later. Now, when you said started the Fugees, you were the one that actually brought the group together. Let me put it like this to you. If it wasn't me, the world would have not heard of Lauren Hill, Wyclef Jean, or the Fugees, nor myself. Mm-hmm. Period. Period. It was, it was my inception. <laughs> mm-hmm. I conceived it. You know, so anyway, so, because um, it started off with me and this girl named Marcy. Okay. And then she introduced me to Lauren Hill. She was in the eighth grade at that time. Mm. She had just did the Apollo. She got booed. But um, this girl told me, yo, this girl's incredible. So I meet I meet Lauren, Miss Lauren Hill. Mm-hmm. And she sung Eyes on a Sparrow to mm. me. I, f- I fell in love with her. I was like, this, this girl is incredible. Yeah, man. Yeah. And then 
Barclay joined the group a year and a half later. Year and a half later? Mm-hmm. So you were the only guy in mm-hmm. the group? You I had and her name Marcy, you said? Yeah, Marcy. I had this vision, me and two girls. You know, you kid. Oh, my God. You did start off saying you love no, women. No, I don't mean it like... <laughs> It sounded crazy the way I said it, but no, I meant like me and a group of two girls, you know. Um, Why did you have that vision? What what gave you that idea? Was it something that happened? Well, you know, no, no, nothing happened. It's just because I grew up around the Run DMC, Salt and Pepper, so I thought the combination would be dope, you know what I'm saying? Oh, that's a good idea, yeah. Yeah, so Mm -hmm. that's how it came about. Mm -hmm. So you heard her sing Eye on a Sparrow, Mm -hmm. and it was like immediately... In love. In love. Yeah. And a year later, Wyclef came. Now, during that time, it was just the you three, three still? Mm-hmm. It was three of us doing music. So how did Wyclef come on board? <clears throat> so I was, um, my mentor at that time is this guy named, it's funny, you guys were playing Earth, and Fire. There's, mm-hmm. this, there's this guy um, named Khalees Bayon, a.k.a. Ronald Bell. He was the founder, writer, producer for this famous group at that time called Cool in the Gang. Yes, yes. And um, his daughter was in the same class as I, and she was dating the um, the captain of the football team, and he was supposedly a rapper. But she never really introduced him to the dad. I think she did once, but never pushed the dad on him. And she was always into me, but I was never into her. And then one day she comes to me, she said the most interesting thing to me. She says, I'm going to introduce you to someone that's going to change your life. Mm. Mm. I'm like, what the hell is she talking about? <laughs> and she introduced me to her dad, and it changed my life, literally. Wow. It's like, I could say there's about like three, four people that literally changed my life at that time. One is Marcy, because she introduced me to Lauren Hill. Mm-hmm. Second would be Lauren Hill, because she became Miss Lauren Hill. You're right. Khalees Bayon, who we were signed to his production company. He then introduced me to. Um, this production company that introduced us to our manager who got us our record deal, basically. Mm-hmm. And I like to say the rest is history. So, uh, did I miss So, when Wyclef came, it was after you linked up with... Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cut-off? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah, it's, it, you know what's so funny? That's exactly what happened. So Wyclef had a song that I used to be in love with, and then, because he was in a group, that's why he wasn't rocking with me. So cause he was older than me. So when he was in high school, uh, I was like in the eighth, ninth grade when I got into high school, I couldn't hang out like he could because my parents didn't let me go out at night. Right. So Wyclef was performing, in, you know, out in the city, whatever, and my mom, you had to be back in the house before the sun goes down, like... It was one of those things. So so I started my own group because Clef was three years older than me. So, But then his group didn't work out. So he he gave me the song. So he came to, to the studio where that guy, Khalees Bayon, was uh-huh. to kind of like help lay down the music. And we was just vibing because me and Clef used to do talent shows together too. Mm-hmm. And we was just vibing. And he was like, the producer was like, oh, no, this is the group right here. Damn. Was, yeah, it was just like that. Uh-huh. And Clef was like, man, you might be on to something. Because I was always the kid on the block that's like, I always knew how to figure things out. Like, I was a kid, I was hustling, you know, you know, always had the swag, you know, I had to have the fresh sneakers. The, oh, this, you was that, that guy. I was that guy, yeah. <laughs> so they always knew me as like, yo, this dude, he be figuring out. So Clef was like, man, you might be on to something. Because, you know, 
at that time, you know, even though I didn't grow up on Cool and the Gang, but I knew who they were. It's, you know, known Celebration and all the big songs that they had. And so you got to remember, in that era, when you say you're trying to do an album, that was a big, big deal. Mm. Today, saying you got an EP coming out, or you can be doing an album, it's like saying, I'm about to go to the restroom. Yeah. It's like Everybody everyone's doing, doing it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, but back then it was hard. So, you know, because the only people we had we had around to to look up to from that area was Whitney Houston, mm-hmm. Queen Latifah, and that was it. Really? And Cool in the Gang, yeah. And Bon Jovi and Bruce Springsteen, which had nothing to do with what we were doing. Hip hop, you know? right. Yeah, so. You know, so I guess he saw Kylie's band in the studio, a legend, and so he was like, yo, you might be on to something. What's up? Can I join the group? I said, yeah, let's do it, brother. Let's go represent Haiti. Nice. And that's how we, you know, became the Fugees. So when did Marcy fall off the map, as Marcy, far as the group is concerned? Yeah, Marcy gave me an ultimatum. She was like, yo, if I don't get a record deal by the time we graduated from high school, graduate from high school, I'm going to have to leave. And so we didn't get the record deal before that, she left. But let me tell you something about that girl, Marcy. Okay. And I'm going to choose my words very carefully when I say this. I think in the last 30 years, Miss Lauren Hill is probably one of the most incredible talent we ever seen. Mm-hmm. Marcy was on a whole different level. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm going to say. She was on a whole different level. So the world missed out on some great talent. Listen, that girl, just as Miss Lauren Hill is special, it's like if you had Michael Jordan. It's like if you had Prince and Michael Jackson together in a band. What? Don't tell me that. I'm I'm being straight up with you. No cap. And she sung and rapped as well? And rap as well? Well, no, no, okay. So, let me. she was a singer. Lauren Hill wasn't rapping then either. But Marcy, because she gradually, Lauren gradually, we got her into rapping. Wow. But Marcy at that time was a singer, and her singing capability was something. It was like Whitney meets Aretha. Oh. For a half half Italian, half black girl. Oh wow! Right, but what's even crazy is she played like six different instruments. She was like a miniature prince. Wow! Yeah, she the one that got us into acting. She was doing drama. She was a dancer. She was she was a savant. Uh huh. What she was. Oh, where is she now? Last time I saw Marcy was the year before we graduated out of high school. No, you haven't seen her since. Yo, I've been trying to track her down. Can't find her, yo. She's not on social media. She's not on nothing. I would think that right after you guys being signed and with the whole success of the group that she was initially in, that she would have reached out on some she never did. congratulations or something. Did. Like, well, can I get back? <laughs> Is it time did. to get back? I would have been one of them. Did. Yo, let me tell you something. <laughs> I remember we used to do um, shows for the record company. Um, um, what you call them? Like showcases? Showcases for the mm-hmm. record company. When we were done, the label heads would go straight to Marcy. <gasps> like, we want you. Yeah, it was like that. Say no more. Yeah. <laughs> Big shout they out to Marcy. you and Lauren? Yeah. 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 
Anyway, but um, <laughs> but you know what? It wasn't in the, it wasn't written in the plans. Yeah. God had God had, God had other plans. You know. Now in that time, because you see everything is all about a couple of rap beats here, beefs here and there. How was it back then in that time in that era of y'all being in a group? Was there any like issues with you and other fellow hip hop members that in the, the Fujis? No, 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 no. Outside of your your group. No. There was no like issues with other like rappers at all. Are you talking about Tupac? No, oh. actually, no. Okay. No, no, no. But I do know that you guys were friends, and then I know the whole Quad situation. Yeah. That was like a moment where he wasn't fucking with you. But I don't yeah. really think a lot of people knew no, that y'all was, was really close. Yeah, we were close. It wasn't that he wasn't fucking with me. What happened was um, Pac was one of those people, like, whatever he felt at that moment, he'll go record. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, at that time, I was rocking with a couple of dudes, you know, from the streets. Not rocking with them, but I knew them because they were Haitian and they were terrorizing the streets. So anyway, something happened with them, and he, at that time, thought I had something to do with it. Mm-hmm. And then we spoke. I, I was with Pac two days before Vegas here in New York. Okay, so that was after the, the situation with... So two days before his yeah. unfortunate death, I was with him. Mm-hmm. And um, So you guys clearly patched things up. We had a past things were already because what happened is when when he went to jail is when all this thing happened. Then he comes out, and then he goes to record. With Shug Knight and with Shug Knight and everything, but he's always recorded. And then you know he recorded. Da, da, da. Then I saw Pac. I'm like, yo, what's up? I I didn't know he made the recording though. Oh. Yeah, I saw him and he was like, yo, what's up? And and it was an ill vibe, and we just kind of like spoke about it right there. He's like, yo, man, you know, I got set up, whatever. He was blamed you for, I mean, he was blaming all of New York at that time. Yeah, no, but, but. But know, with Haitian, Jack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, right. right. So I was like, listen, bro, you know, I ain't got nothing to do with that. So, you know, he looked me in my eyes and we, I mean, it took a, it took a, a minute to convince him, but he finally was like, damn, you really didn't have nothing to do with it. I'm like, yo, come on, bro. <laughs> From the church, man. Just happened to know these dudes because they're Haitian, but. Mm-hmm. Come on, man. You know, I love you the way. You know, and it was cool. Can you know, I ask but, you, what but, was it that was the convincing moment that when he was like, okay, Proz, you didn't have shit to do with that? The way I met Pac was, you know, he was on the whole Black Panther vibe. Mm-hmm. And so when we met and then he realized I was Haitian, he knew a lot about the revolution. And obviously I knew everything about the Haitian revolution. It was kind of like that bond, yo, Black love, you know, black, black, black excellence. It wasn't called black excellence at the time, but you know the whole spirit of it, and that's how we bonded. And, and I was a fan of his anyway. You know of what I'm saying? So, and he was just like, man, I just love your vibe because you just, you just real with it, like, you know what I mean? So it was kind of like real, not wanting anything or needing anything from him. Wasn't trying to be like some gangster dude. It was, I was just myself, you know. Mm-hmm. So we vibe, vibed out like that. But I never. And I think he respected the fact that I never smoked, I never drank. He would always offer me, like, no, nah, I don't do that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, damn, you in the game, you don't, you don't drink, you don't smoke. And, and you know these gangsters and all that. And, you know, it was always that kind of stuff. But the thing with Pac is, if you know him, you never know which Pac you're going to get. Mm. You know, one minute you're getting power to the people, 
And the next minute, you got a burner and say, yo, let's go kill him. Like, <laughs> <laughs> the duality of being a Gemini, yeah, I call it. Yeah. I dealt with Geminis <laughs> my whole life. Yeah. <laughs> so, another person that's duly departed, I think the anniversary is it? To, his birthday is today, ODB. Did you know that? Oh, I know that. Yeah, his birthday. Shout out to my man, old dirty bastard. Yeah, so of course you know ghetto superstars with you, your record, hit record with Maya and ODB. Big up to ODB, man. Rest (laughs) in peace. Talk about that record though. How how did that come about? I feel like I always like to know a history behind something that was so major, like ghetto superstars. It's a long story, but make a long story short. Um, it was all done by mistake. He wasn't even supposed to be on the record. He just happened to show up to the wrong studio, the wrong <laughs> session. The beat is playing in the background. We get into some beef. He thinking we in his room. Hey there. Ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah. Or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. And we like, no, you in our room. And we're going back and forth, his people with my people. Then finally they realize, oh, we're in the wrong room. And just as he's about to leave, he go, let me ask you a question. What's that beat in the background? <laughs> Like, nigga, we were just about to tell we each other his off. Yeah, like, what's up with that? <laughs> so he was like, I was like, no, nah, it's nothing I'm working on, whatever, right? Let me hear it. I hear my beat. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I played a beat, mm-hmm. and, you know, we had Maya on it. He said, what's it for? So now I'm getting into this whole thing. And I'm thinking, like, why is he asking all these questions? Then he go, yo, let me jump on it. You know, just to kind of, like, Pandered to him, we like, yeah, yeah, go ahead, put your put your beat on it, and it was so crazy because I've never seen someone record it the way he recorded. The beat is playing, and he goes in the booth, and he goes, "Yeah, is that is that? Yeah, Zither. and we like." Dude, it's crazy. Like, what the fuck is going on here, right? And he go, give me another, give me another track. And he's kind of like doing the same thing, but it's starting to be clearer what he's doing. Finally, he put his verse on the whole thing, and what he did is he did the ad libs first and add all the doubles. Then he laid the verse as the final part of it. Now, just so you understand what I'm saying, usually you lay the main verse and then you add the flavor, the the, the ad-libs, the doubles. That's how most people do it. Absolutely. This guy did it the exact... And I, and I was like, how did he know 
that the verse was going to fall exactly and the double was going to be. I don't know how he did it. It was the most incredible thing. <laughs> and I looked to my partner at that time. I was like, it's going to be a big-ass record, man. <laughs> this is crazy the way this shit went down, man. <laughs> with the weirdest shit. So at first you was like, all right, nigga, go ahead, do a little right, something. Yeah. But then it turned into... We were like, because Clef was in the room. We were speaking... Oh, Clef was there? Yeah, we wow. were speaking in Creole. We were like, yo, we're going to erase the shit when he leaves, right? Uh-huh. But it was <laughs> so fire. We was like, yo, it must be a vibe here. <laughs> kept it. That's how it came about. That is so dope. Thanks for sharing that story. Mm. Now, with your solo success with that, I mean, because, you know, of course, with the group, you had two other heavy hitters in it. And I know a lot of people were, like, on you, like, oh, prizes and, like, the rest of them. Did you feel somewhat, I guess, validated? with this solo album and how well it was received? No, I never thought of it like that. I always, I don't, I never move based on how people think of me. Good. You know what I'm saying to you? Like, man, listen, I'm moving to the beat of my own drum. Mm. You feel me? Mm-hmm. So, because that's what people do, man. People always go on want to try to, you know, tear you down, whatever. And if, and it's so funny because I heard Will talk about it once. Who's like, this? Smith. Oh, wasn't okay. No, he was talking about. He gave this example of like it's like you're staring in a broken mirror, and now you're gonna change yourself, your face, because the mirror is broken. D, D, mm. D, D. You know what I'm saying? It's like what are you talking about. Ain't you know, nothing wrong if, with if, me. It's wrong if, with that if, mirror. If I was to mm, pay attention to what people have said about me, mm. I wouldn't even be sitting here right now. I'd probably. Take a flight, American Airlines, to Port au Prince, go on some mountain in Haiti and just kind of like stab myself with a horn of a goat. You know what I'm saying? To mm-hmm. just call it a day, kill myself. I'm no. Not, I'm not doing that. You know what I'm saying? To so, no, I, I just, I always knew, listen, I had some great people around me. Mm. I had an all star, you know, Loring, Wyclef. Okay, it's what it is. It's like Tony Spark may not be naturally the Hulk or Captain America or whatever, but he's still Tony Sparks. You know, he's worth a billion dollars. You know what I'm saying? He's the mastermind. Mm-hmm. So everybody plays a role. You know, it's it's just, that's what a team is. Everyone plays a role. Because if everyone doing the same identical thing, then the group would cease to exist, even though the group doesn't exist anymore. But mm-hmm. it's not because of that. It's not mm-hmm. because... Anyone's jealous of each other. It's more like internal problems. Cool. But, you know, you, you complement each other. That's You look at all the great teams, whether it be groups, whether it be sports teams, whatever, it's always like people who complement each other. Yeah, you're going to have a star. Everybody know LeBron is the star. Yeah. Everybody know Michael Jordan is the star. Like, that's, listen, we know that. that that's cool. Mm-hmm. Every, everyone know an Avengers Captain America is the star. Why? Because he's an American named Captain. <laughs> and he's white. You know what I'm saying, dude? And he's never going to die. Everybody will die before he die. Something mm-hmm. dude. But you got the role players or you got other people who have strength, who bring things together. You know what I mean? So it's the same What thing would here. you say is yours? Because I'm not going to lie. I was talking to somebody that's in the industry. And every time I do like an interview with someone, I always go to this one person who I say is like my mentor. And I'm like... If you had an interview with him, what would you want to know? And he said, ask him what was his superpower. And I was like, what do you mean? He was like, just see how he responds. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I know what he means. 
because you're in this it's crazy i use the analogy of um superheroes mm. and you guys collectively is a superhero group mm. and when you're in a group like that like a lauren hill with a lauren hill and a Wyclef, and you go in the booth and everybody doing their thing i guess for me when he posed that question i was like i guess how i interpret it was when you going in that booth what was your superpower because you are a superhero within this group so what was your strength going in what did you know you contributed my superpower is my knack to have a pulse on things right so i knew killing the softly was the hit i knew ready or not was a hit i knew fuji lot was a hit like my ears I knew Lauren Hill was incredible. I knew Wyclef Jean was incredible. Or else I wouldn't have let them come in the group, right? So my super so my superpowers is being able to have a pulse in in, in you know, we all human beings we have five known senses that we can identify what these senses are. And there's something called the sixth sense, your yep. gut, your intuition, whatever you want to call it. I spent my whole life honing that sense. And and I would say that sense is stronger than my sight, my ear, my taste, my feel, like, because I feel things instantly. Mm. Uh, I, 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 I rely on it. Like, I don't second guess it. Mm. You see what I'm saying to you? So I would say that's my strength. Mm. You know, and, and I'm able to, I'm able to reason at a capacity that most people can't. And that's why I'm here, right? Because mm -hmm. I mean, you think about it. We've been—I've been in this game for how long has it been? Uh, twenty-three, twenty-four years. Mm. Okay, and, and you know, listen. Obviously, a lot of it has to do with a lot of good decisions I made, but also thanking God for the blessing He's done for me to be able to sit here and have this incredible lifestyle. Been part of an incredible group live the lifestyle I live. I fly privately. I live in LA. I live in New York. I drive the roads. I do all that nonsense that everybody think is it's verification that they made it. But I've been doing this for 24 years. And I'm not part of the stats that, you know, okay, they made it, but then this person disappeared off the face of the earth or, you know, went broke or something happened to them, right? Like mm -hmm. I'm alive. I'm very much relevant in the game. I'm doing a lot of incredible things. And, and I'm fortunate, and I thank God for this. And that's why my whole mission is, is to help the culture and give back to the culture and try to empower the culture because that's the mission that I always, I've always been on. But now I can do more now because I don't have that pressure I had before. Got to make sure I got a hit record. or I'm, I'm doing this because I love what I'm doing. I have mm -hmm. no pressure. I'm my own boss. I'm my own label. I'm my own anything. I'm my own everything. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying to you? And that's a blessing. Mm -hmm. So that mentor, you tell him that's my, tell him I'm Tony Spark. <laughs> Iron Man. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that. I'm definitely going to tell him. I'm definitely going to get into the EP, The Wave Culture, because mm -hmm. I've listened to it for the past couple of days, and I want to say I do love it. Oh, but thank you, you. I do. I do. And I do feel like you do have your pulse. Everything you're saying, it makes sense. Now to me, it makes sense why your, that EP sounds the way that it does. Because I feel like, and listen, you could attest to it or whatever. Let me know if I'm on point with it or not. But I feel like it's it's a mixture of what and who you've been and what you've 
Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Been in this industry, mixing what's like what's happening right now without losing your sense of self. You're right, because you're so funny. Somebody, you, everyone who, 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 like I just had an interview earlier today. Mm-hmm. And, and he was real. I mean, but we knew this was going to happen. So me and mm-hmm. my team, we sat down with like, this is exactly how it's going to play out, right? <laughs> okay, how it's going to play out. <laughs> right, because I play, I, I play chess on the highest level. Like to me, the game of life is the game of chess. Some people play Mexican checkers or some people play Chinese chess. Right? Mm-hmm. And I like to think I'm playing Chinese chess. And we all knew like, it's going to be a minute before people get onto it. But once people get onto it, it's going to be so this guy says yeah man you know the cd was sent to me um I, um the the um the video was sent to him mm-hmm. by rashida and he's right. like you know i got it you know he said i'm not gonna lie to you no cap he said it took me a while to get into it you know because i'm i said because you thought it's gonna be boom bap right he said yeah man because you know a lot of us when we have success or when we fell in love in an era that kind of like really identify who we think or thought we were, mm-hmm. we don't want to evolve. We want to like, we want to keep. We if we could live that moment till we die, we will, right? Mm-hmm. And so a lot of us are scared of growth and evolution, and not only scared, but a lot of us can't evolve, right? So now, when you hear that, you know somebody from my era is putting out music, it's going to sound like what they used to, what they used to doing. You know what I'm saying to you? So now you hearing it, you hearing wave culture, pump faking, and like damn, it sound like if I close. If you didn't know it was me, you'd think I'm just this new artist. Yeah, with a sound, but that's equivalent to what's going on right now, but still, its own sound at the same time. It's not like I'm trying because that's not. I'm not. I don't. I'm always gonna be myself, but it's not like I'm trying to be. You know what I'm saying to you? But it's just like it got that feel. It's, it got that that bop. You know what I'm saying to you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, because Rashida was like, oh, did I send it to you? And I was like, no, but it's cool. I bought it. Like, I got it. And she was like, oh, that's that's support for real. And I was like, yeah, yeah and I bought all the old shit because yeah. I'm really about this journalistic life. <laughs> like, you know, you just oh, do your research. I be at the end of the day because yeah. this is what we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm really just a hip-hop head. I'm just a lover of the culture, and yeah. this is the avenue that i choose to express my love for hip-hop that's that's what i call it I respect that but the check says journalist so right. okay. <laughs> gotta be what the check says sometimes right. you know right. but <laughs> the wave culture let's get into that let's break because it's six songs mm-hmm. and like i said i feel like it's it's a Is lot it six or five i think it's six six records okay whatever cool i have them all here okay <laughs> so okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it's six okay. um like I said, it sounds like you mixed in with a lot of the new without losing who you really are. Right. So Lionel Richie, that's the first record. Right. Where did did you produce that, or was there a producer? I didn't not? produce any records. We you just, didn't. Okay. We, you know, but um, but I got you know me and my team. We get records from young cats. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying, young dudes out here, young G, and we vibe. You know what I'm saying. And then whatever you know speaks to me, I go with. You know, I go with it. It's my favorite. It was a good pick, the first one. Oh, you like it? Because it just set the tone. Okay, cool. So it's at first it was my favorite until I got to 
uh, track five. <laughs> Which is oh uh, Bobby, Bobby Boucher. Yes. Once I got to that, I was like, okay, wait a minute, hold on, track one, hold on. <laughs> Bobby, Bobby Boucher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now the reason why I like track five is because I recognize, you know, the whole that and the Manny Fresh right. sample, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I was like, what? Wait a minute, I'm gonna play it at the end of this uh, episode. Just everybody, you didn't like, like, you didn't what like um, Wave Culture. No, I did, and I know that's that's the record with uh, Stefan Steph Lacour. Steph Lacour. Mm -hmm. There you go, um, and I know she's Haitian as well. She and she Haitian. I interviewed her once. Oh, you did. Mm -hmm. yeah. When I was at the other station. <laughs> um, but yes, I like that. That's something I don't know that spoke to me. The the um, Water Boy. Water Boy is yeah. what it's called. Right. Okay, and then you got how you say this, Le, Le John? Oh, Le Jean. Le Jean. Yeah, sorry, not Lejean. You got me. Come on now. Lejean. That <laughs> means get that money or money. You get bag. that money? You get that bag, you know what I'm saying? Is it a Haitian thing? Yeah, Lejean. Yeah. Lejean, mm -hmm. okay. And that's with um, Zoe Dollars. Dollars. Yeah. And then that's the Casey and JoJo yeah, sample. Yeah. I just I just love any time like, people sample shit. Uh, I, so that's actually that's one of the favorites, too. Uh -huh. I love that it's only six records because it takes me, you know. Wow. Right to all of it, and I don't forget it. Like right. I can listen to it three times in a row mm. without getting too overwhelmed. Right, right. And each record to me sounds different. Mm. Then you got Oye, <laughs> Kanye, <laughs> Oye. Explain them your mindset with this yeah. record. Now I listened to it a few times, and Pull I can't say that I'm with OJ. <laughs> yeah, I guess go explain that record for me. <laughs> well, basically, um, it's almost like. I don't want to say a homage, but it's like, you know, you miss the old Kanye, you know what I mean? It's like the the Kanye that we fell in love with, you know, the Kanye. You ain't got all the answers, Sway, you know what I mean? Like That's the one you did fall in love with? No, I'm just saying up to that, you know. Up to that point. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> That's you know, the, 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 the Kanye who, who was, you know, very <laughs> progressive, you know, was very artistic, who mm -hmm. he was you know, very impactful for the culture. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Still is, but I'm just saying, I, and then something happened. You know what I'm saying to you? Um, yeah, and, and I don't know what it is. I don't know if, if I'm not sure what it is. I mean, he's going through whatever trial and error he's going through right now. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying to you? But we still revere by him. But you know, a lot of people are upset because you know, some of the comments he made. And, I, and it's so funny, I was talking to one of my men who works with him, very close with him, obviously. And I was like, you know, when you make certain comments, it, certain comments can't have a cliff note. Like, you have to explain because people going to automatically take it the wrong way. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, I understood what he was saying about the slave comment, but you don't say it and not give full disclaimer. Yep. Right, because now you're leaving people to come up with their own conclusion. Yeah, because that was a very serious moment in time in history for us as the black race. And then uh, Waterboy, I told you that was yeah. one of my faves, if yeah. not my fave right now. And you got Pump Fakin' yeah. with uh, Young M.A. Shout out to a woman in hip hop. Big up to Young M.A. Yeah. Love I wasn't working with her because when I heard that talk, I, saw, I said, yo, as soon as she came on, I said, she sounds like Biggie. And then maybe a couple of she bars like in. Biggie. No, no, no. Okay, so like how you said earlier, if I say this, then y'all gonna take it the wrong way. No, no, no. It was reminiscent of. I felt like she, 
the cadence. Oh, the way okay. That, well, she's Brooklyn. Exactly. Okay, it was you. it was right. more of her style of flow. I felt she purposely mimicked okay. a Biggie. Not uh, that you well, know, it, it makes sounds sense. Like it, it makes sense because she mentioned she shot him out on the record. Okay, I got That's you. why. I'm ch- okay. Maybe this is why I got this podcast because I got it initially. As soon as I heard, it, okay. I was like. Well, she trying to sound like big or like yeah. something biggie, yeah. and then like a couple of bars after, she uses one of his his yeah. lines. Yeah. So I don't know. I wasn't working with her. And thanks for you know shouting out the women in hip hop. You know, of course, Laura Hill is is, is a part of you. No, you, you know what? And you got I Young think and May, Steph. I mean, yeah, women you, in hip hop. Women in hip hop is very important because <laughs> I remember the first time that, you know, I saw women in hip hop. A woman in hip hop. You know, it was unfortunately it was in the she was holding her own. It was that whole Roxanne Shante, whole beef, and then Salt and Pepper, and then obviously Latifah from Jersey. Yeah. And, you know, Lauren Hill, um, Nicki Minaj, who I love a lot also. Um, nice. You know, Cardi doing some great things. So, and then you got the Foxy Brown, Little Kim, the Queen, Remy Ma. So there's been a lot of great people that, that, that women who, I, I, I love to see more women in hip hop, I think there's room for more women in hip hop. I always say this, man. I always say, if women had more control of the world, it wouldn't be as fucked up as it is right now. It'd be a lot of nagging, but it wouldn't be as fucked up. You know what I mean? It'd be high five, please. No, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> no, but I'm just saying it's, it's just true. We're nurturers. We're we're you know. Right. So I think we need more love. No, it'd be a lot of nagging though. Right. <laughs> Man, it'd be a lot of conversations, a lot of talks. <laughs> it'd be no footballs on Sundays. They'll just turn it off whenever they want to, you know, because they want to talk to you. Then, you know, there's a lot going on. Stop it, okay? And cameraman, you shut up over there, all right? <laughs> <laughs> no, you were on to something, please. No, I'm just saying. But no, I mean, women I, Women definitely did a lot for hip hop. Uh-huh. Um, and so. Yeah, Young and May, big up to Young and May. She definitely. Who's your top five favorite female rappers? If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At participating McDonald's. Not in no particular order. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> no pressure. Little Kim. Um, Nikki, obviously, Miss Lauren Hill is probably my number one. Uh, and then I would put, hmm, I'm gonna go old school, Salt and Pepper, and Latifah. Latifah, she, she, and now, now, now granted, because when you say top five, you know, we always have top five, top ten. Is a uh-huh. We could argue about this for like 20 hours. And you but, rarely get a female, so right. that's why on this show I ask every guest who's but, their top but five. I'm, I'm saying top five. I'm going I'm to I'm wrap it up. I'm saying top five, not just lyrically, just the total impact that they had on the culture. Mm-hmm. So that's why. So I'm not just talking about lyrically. I'm just talking about total impact. So Latifah, I feel like I had a total impact on the culture, being a rapper, doing great things in films and television, mm-hmm. Little Kim being who she is, being a... a, a, a um, a protege of the greatest rapper of all time. Fuck what anybody sit here and say. I don't care. I fight you sword and <laughs> knives. Um, obviously, Lauren Hill and um, Nikki. I think Nikki brought Brooklyn back and that whole East Coast. When you know what I'm saying. 
And Salt and Pepper was just dope. You know what yeah. I'm saying to you? So that's one of my top five. Now, you was in the studio when Lauren Hill created Miseducation. Parts of it, not the whole thing. But yeah, listen, she is a phenom, period. Now, I just want to know, what did you feel when you first heard Lost Ones? Because that was my favorite song. I thought it was hard. <laughs> Were you there when that was created? No, nah, I wasn't there for that one. I was just there in the beginning when the ideas were coming, like, you know what I'm saying, like, vibes, like New York, New Jersey. So I was just there as the vibe was coming together. You didn't hear it when Clef heard it. Did you hear it before he heard it? I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> but I mean, obviously, when I heard it, I, I, mean, I know what the whole whole vibe was about, obviously. Mm-hmm. It was like an inside joke. I was like, oh. It was an inside joke? I'm just saying it was like uh-huh. an inside joke, like Lost One. Do you recall Clef's response to that record? I don't remember. I, I thought he laughed it off. Oh, you know what? I think he thought, yeah, I forgot. He thought it was funny. I, mean, I think he felt good about the fact that, you know, she made a record about him. Mm, just like a man. Yeah. You could talk shit about me, but just talk- as long as you're talking about me. Right, right, right. <laughs> Now, you said earlier that you always had, like, you were somewhat of a visionary. You can always kind of foresee the future somewhat. Mm-hmm. I'm paraphrasing, but mm-hmm. you said something like that. When you saw, when did you realize that the group was dismantling, I guess? Falling apart? Yeah. Oh, I know that from day one. Day one? Mm-hmm. The man that created the group? You mm-hmm. knew it was going to be a rap from... It was just too much going on. It was just... It was just, you know, it was just too much. It was too heavy. It was intense. From the beginning? From the beginning. From the beginning, I mean, like, I would say towards the middle to the end of the first album. Mm. From the middle to the end of the first album. Mm -hmm. Was it because of the strain? Did it start getting strained because of the relationship between Clef and It was just a lot. It was just, you know, it, it was just... It was a lot. How, how was it with you being in a group with two members that, I guess, started a romantic relationship? Were you there like, y'all cut this shit out, son? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was there. I mean, I saw it come in. I saw, I saw the whole thing unravel in front of me. But obviously, you know, they were grown folks, you know what I'm saying, too. And so I was just trying to keep it together as long as I could. Like, yo, we got to get the score out. Cause I knew that album was gonna be the one. Like I knew, like you know what? Just a ticket. Gotta get. I, I'm on the Titanic. I just gotta make sure the little boat is on the side. I'm I'm watching this. So when that shit hits on the iceberg, I'm jumping right on that boat, and I'm sailing to the sunset, yo. Like I listen. I was constantly like, why you keep going on the deck? No, nah, no, nah, I'm just cigarettes break. <laughs> and you don't even smoke. I don't even smoke, yo. <laughs> <laughs> Nigga making excuses, cigarette break. Yeah, I'm watching that little boat because I know I, I see the iceberg. I saw I saw the iceberg before we even got off the sh- before we even got on the ship. I'm like, yo, this shit gonna hit. This shit gonna hit. Gonna hit. Everybody gonna die in here except for me. And, you know. You were never caught in the middle of the fuckery. No. I and told they never you. made you pick a side. Pick a side. Listen, That's I was always on that deck. <laughs> You saw that iceberg. I did my, did my cigarette break, yo. <laughs> so, well, I know a no, lot of because, people. No, are... because here's the thing. 
mm-hmm. was my man. Right. And she was my girl because when I first met her, like I told you, she was like 11 years old, 12 years old, and the mother was like, listen, please take care of my daughter. And she's exactly the same age as my youngest sister. Mm. So she was like a sister to me. Right. Mm-hmm. I saw her as that. And, you know, obviously I tried to interfere a little, but I realized there's nothing I could do. They're too far gone. It's not even too far gone. It's just that, like, you know, in any time you're in the middle of any relationship, at that moment, the two of them always going to, they always going to be in their zone. Right. You know what I'm saying? They never going to listen to you. Like, I learned that the hard way before I even dealt with them. Something like that happened to me. So I learned from that, like, I, I I told, dude, let me explain something to you. If you ain't ready to really handle this, don't fuck with it. That was my conversation to him. Mm-hmm. Yo, shorty, without even getting into his situation, you know what the situation is. Now, I don't know what he's telling you. You know what I'm saying? When y'all doing your thing, pillow talk, all that. I'm just saying, that's my advice to you. You take it what you want. You do what you want with with, with it. I'm gone. And it was just like, now just managing the situation. You know what I'm saying? Because I knew the score had to get done. And I knew, because I knew it was, it was, because the first record we recorded was Fujila. And then we did How Many Mics? I was like, something gonna come out of this. And then at one point, we was gonna bring Erica Badu in. The, it was just crazy. You gonna mess. bring Erica Badu to be part of the Fuji's? It was, it was so much stupidness, fuckery going on. To know? replace <laughs> Lauren because of the beef between, yeah, or the issue it between. It was just so, yeah, I think something like that. I mean, she was in the vicinity somewhere. That's interesting. It's an interesting take on that. It was crazy. But yeah, you know, so, but, you know, we, 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 I wouldn't change a thing, though. You wouldn't change a thing? No regrets. It is what it is. Even though I was watching something and you were saying that at one point it was a hefty bag that was presented to you and the other members to come together for a reunion. And, yeah, I'll let you finish. Well, that was late. That was, that was maybe two, three years ago. Yeah, you know, we oh, got that's offered. recent. Yeah, we got offered to go on the road. But, you know, it was just. What was like like, $100 million? Not quite. About ninety. Oh shit! I was just talking around. I thought I was like, <laughs> I thought it was like thirty. No, all oh, right. So it was like ninety. Oh, what it was? I would have split it three ways. I would have walked away with thirty each. Well, after taxes, whoop that yeah, ass. Probably yeah. Or whatever. Yeah, we walked away for about twenty. Yeah. What's all good, yo? How that conversation? I mean, like. How how what? Because they came to a person came to you. Yeah, with they that. came. They came to me. And Not then you the person, made the call. The 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 the, the, the group. The, 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 the investor the, came to you. Not investor, the, no. the, the company that wanted to do the tour. Okay, got it. Came to me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I tried it. You know, I figured mm, maybe. I wasn't really into it, but they were like, yo, you don't want to make $30 million? I said, you know, but the work, you know, so they basically brainwashed me to because I in the very beginning I was like I'm not really interested they're like you're not interested in making money I said I am interested in making money but I ain't trying to make that kind of money you know what I mean because I knew the 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 headache that came with it yeah it was gonna be some shit you know what I mean you know I saw a post on social media where it said sometimes an apology 
would be the only thing that's needed. Hundred percent to make yeah. some shit 100%, okay. Hundred percent. But would you, you agree that I in agree. this situation, that maybe one party or the other or both humility. are looking for that apology? Humility. I think so. Humility. You know, you don't even know what people are really thinking. You know, but yeah, I mean, sometimes, you know, you get to an age, man. You 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 know, growth is a motherfucker. Maturity is a motherfucker. And sometimes, like you say, apology, just I'm sorry, man. Like, it's, y'all. Did Lauren ever feel pressure at that time? And I wonder, did you guys ever make her feel pressure? Because at that time, you had the Foxy as a little kid where everybody was kind of overly sexual. Mm. Did she ever feel pressure to take off those baggy no, jeans? We, no, and, no, She was selling too many records at that point to be <laughs> No, insecure. not even that. We no, were, she no, was, no. We, not I, only that, but we always felt like we were in our own space. Right. We never, like, like I said to you, I've never, I've always been super comfortable in my skin. Yeah. You know what I'm saying to you? You. But I wonder for her as a woman. As no, a she, woman, her too. Because that's different for us. No, she, she, she knew, listen, I remember, and I don't mean to digress, but I, mm -hmm. one last thing. I remember one day, you know, because I've been a big fan of Michael Jackson, right? Right. And so we all had moments that, because we did a record for Michael, and so we all had moments that we all spent time with Michael, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, I talk to Michael every day on the phone. Like, call him. And we just, sometimes nice. we just sit on the phone, don't say shit, right? And one day, Michael was talking, and I don't want to mention any names, but he was saying somebody thought that they were bigger than him, right? Someone I knew, right? And, and 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 I always thought like, damn, Michael's this guy. And I always thought, does he really know? Like, and so I said to Michael, so what did you say when that person said they're the bread of life? Right? <laughs> he said, well, I told him if you're the bread of life, then I'm the Adam. Ooh. <laughs> From Michael Jackson. You know what I mean, Adam, right? A T O M, right? Yeah. Oh. That's, that means that's everything. Kaboom. Like, this is all <laughs> yeah. part, yeah. And I was like, oh, he know his impact and influence. Like, it's clear. Like, you think they don't know, right? Like, Miss Lauren Hill knew she was that, she was that shit. She knew, she didn't have to say it, but she knew when she pick up that mic, she starts spitting, starts singing, she knew the impact. Yo, we used to be in the studio. I used to be in awe of her. Like, she would sing, and it'd be a mistake, and be like, damn, that was a mistake. <laughs> 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 this shit was amazing, man. Wow. We amazing. Keep that take, I remember when we did <laughs> Fuji Live, she sung literally like 30 different hooks on it. Every last one of them. Because she grew up from the Motown era. So. When you went to her room, all she had was Motown. Cause her parents loved music, so all she had was so she knew she had this library of music. Like she was singing shit that I was like, "Yo, what the fuck is? I've never even heard this shit." Like what? It was and it was just like goosebumps. Like yo, she is incredible. That's how I knew it was going. It wasn't going. It was just too incredible. <laughs> so she too knew good. she was the was shit. Did, did she ever? Phil, did she have a compliment in another female and say, I know I'm the shit, but I fucks with this person as well? Oh, no, she loved, she loved different artists. Yeah, she was, she, she was also a, a, a fan. Yeah, you know what culture. She, she Any other fan? females yeah. that, she, that you remember that she was like, I like her, I wouldn't want to work with her, or I just like her music? Another female rapper. I remember her. We used to always be like, yo, you're going to be... I, we used to say, look, our whole thing was, we got something that 
everyone else doesn't have. We musicians, we got our Mary J. Blige and our Little Kim all in one. And then the guys would represent like all the other rappers, you know what I'm saying to you? So we felt like we was all that in one, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying to you? Like we could do reggae, we could do the band, we could go church on you, we could spit on you. So it was just kind of like, okay. So when we went to do the score, we was like, we're going to encompass all of that into this one album. You know what I'm saying to you? Because the first album wasn't a true representation of it. We were new, we didn't know what we were doing. It was just kind of like, just like happy to be in the studio. Now we've been on the road. Yo, let's show motherfuckers that we are that shit. And we went in, man, it was incredible. Like we had the most incredible live performance. Okay. Mm. We asked Puff. We used to be on a roll with Biggie because they were the opening act. They Puff be like, I remember our last show I did with Puff, we were in North Carolina. It was us, Biggie, Ill and Al Scratch, SWV. It was like one of those arena things. And we were like number three or number four. And Puff was 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 headlining. Mm. And I caught him arguing with the promoter. I ain't going on after these guys. They got the whole circus <laughs> act. They got the band, the cymbals, the drums. We ain't doing that. And the promoter's like, yo. Puff, nobody want to hear the Fugees, yo. They don't even know who the fuck they are, yo. They can't close the show. Because <laughs> <laughs> what we would do is we didn't have a hit record. Uh -huh. So we had the most incredible singer. So we would take your record and freestyle over it. Oh, that's smart. Smart. Your hit and record? Very yeah. fucking intrusive. Like, 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 we would do, we would, we would, we would do, um, like, we, we freestyle over, um, uh, what was that biggie record? Um, the Juicy record. Okay. And she's singing the hook. So now you got this girl singing the hook, sounding incredible live. Right before Biggie. Before, and yo, we're gonna take your hottest record. My shit. Yeah, we're gonna take your hottest record free. That's, that's how we got to fight. See, y'all was disrespectful. That's, that's, how, that's how we got to a fight with Karras One. Because uh. we took, um, <laughs> one, two, three. The crew is called <laughs> Refugee. Chris was like, oh, no, they didn't. <laughs> no, they didn't. And he came on stage like, y'all playing my hottest record? Oh no, y'all! Who the hell y'all think? Yo, we would literally like beefing on stage. What? <laughs> it was the show we did with, one time. We did a show with Carol because we didn't have a hit record. All right. So we gonna that's the fact. So we doing co cover records. Yeah. We, we perform with that's the fact. We'll take your record and we freestyle them and crowd go. Because they know the beat. They know but, the beat exactly. And, and, that's what I'm saying. It's ingenious. And, and, right. Actually. And so we putting some dope shit on it. Like, mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> But <laughs> was like, yo, I ain't doing that. We did that at Slam. Um, so Prince used to have a club in L.A. called Slam. Okay. It was crazy. Good times. Back was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we did a show one time. It was us, Ice Cube, MC Rang, Nas. Um, I forgot who else. We freestyle on Nas record, Ice Cube record. That was our whole show, yo. <laughs> Just like we'll do like two, three of our records. Disrespectful. We... <laughs> but it Disrespectful. Worked. It worked. Today was a good day. Today was a good day. Y'all suck. Today was a good day. With Lauren singing that shit. Yo, we had her sing all the dope melodies because she was just dope. Like, it was just like, 
<laughs> it's like, yo, man, these dudes got, and, and we had the band playing, so it just, it was just a vibe. Yeah. We had the drummer, yeah. the bass player, and the DJ, and the DJ would do like his show in the beginning, like tricks, yeah. you know, throw the record up in the air and do whatever, fire, all that, crowd go crazy. We'd come on, we'd do our set a little, and then yeah. we'd be like, all right, we feeling the energy, okay, cool, but they, they, they don't know our music. Yeah. Right. Then we drop the record. Well, boom. I, I do want to, I do want to um, end it with this because I, women I in always, hip-hop. It is, well, this is women in hip hop. This is a t-shirt, and with Lauren Hill, her bars, I feel like her lyrics just stood with me. Mm. So one of my favorite bars from her was that: "Don't be a hard rock when you really are a gym." Right? Do you personally have a favorite bar by Lauren Hill? Oh, yeah. A lot of bars. A fave that sticks out to you right now? Um, A lot of them. I love her bars in Radio Not. I love her bars, in, her bars on how many mics. Give me a bar. I want to hear you spit it, though. Give me a bar. Oh, uh, I can't remember Because <laughs> maybe but... you will um, inspire the next T-shirt. <laughs> no, go listen no, to... Would... No, you're going to love this. The one about... um The one where she says... Uh, oh, well... Well, on radio now, when she goes, um, I play my enemies like a game with chess. When I rest, no stress. stress. Um, I make tracks like I'm homeless. homeless. Uh, rap orgy with Porgy and Bess. Capture your Elliot light. Capture your bounty light, Elliot Ness. Yes. Bless you if you represent the fool, but I hex you. It's just brew if you do it. I can do what you do. Easy. Easy. <laughs> Frightened niggas, what? Give me the EBGBs. <laughs> I knew I was going to get one out of your son. <laughs> thank you for that. Thank, thank you, you for thank that. You, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank nah, you. No, listen, we vibes. love you being here. I appreciate you. You are a legend. We love the contribution that you have given to the culture. We love that you still continue to give to the culture, and we love your passion for the culture. And um, with everything that we talked about, talking about being um, Haitian, growing up in Jersey, being from Brooklyn originally, your whole career, your solo situation, even now, wave culture. If you can, sum up where you are in life today in one word. No phrase, no sentence, but one word. What would it be? Bless. Bless. Well, that's it. Thank you guys for listening. Bless. I heard it here first. A woman of hip hop prize. You are the shit. <laughs> and that's it for Women Hip Hop Podcast. Bye. <laughs> hey there. Ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah. Or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before.